talk about you got this and you got that And you gonna murder this one and murder that one Talking all that bullshit I'ma put it to you like this, yo This is for the nerds This is for the brainiacs This is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back You ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing You are not above me I bet you wish you was me I know that I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but it's not limited to, my boy, Guapito. What's poppin', baby? Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened? You're blurry as fuck. Oh, no. That's a blurry Mexican. Help help me out, Matthew. Let's see what Matt's... Focus skills are like. Here comes the uh, light miser. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Look at this work going on. Wow. Look at this. Speed so we're running. We're talking about prison. <laughs> <laughs> and how thankful I am that I'm not in one, either working at one or in it. Well, otherwise. it's okay, according to Landon. They're all just, you know, uh, real walk in the park. You got a little, you know, you're a celebrity, you're on the YouTubes. It's true. They're not going to put you in a maximum penitentiary. No, not at all. They're going to send you up to Nevada State Prison with Henry Ruggs. <laughs> living the cushy life. No big deal. I wonder He's how not cu- living the cushy life. I wonder how cushy that is. I don't think very... I don't ever want to find out, man. <laughs> based off of a quick Google search, but who knows? I know from experience... Well, someone close to me. Um, federal <laughs> penitentiaries. <laughs> federal penitentiaries are quite luxurious um as opposed to state uh yeah like very luxurious yeah well if you get when you commit federal crimes they're usually they're usually white collar crimes yeah when you commit state crimes it's usually like murder yeah pound me in the ass prison if you will exactly you know something along those lines yeah something along those lines like don't drop the soap yeah, kind of like the Steelers did. Uh, they took them right to state prison yesterday, boys. <laughs> definitely did. How fucking stupid is oh that? Oh, my gosh. Watching Conrad. the game is just an anxiety attack waiting to happen. It, it's, uh, well, yeah. We, we're really in on you today. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. This is too much. <laughs> the one time I don't have the pants. I can't. <laughs> I, just, I just can't right now. You're a giant blob of flesh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this shirt's a little too beach for my liking. Hey man, um, I like the I like the beach aesthetic. Yeah, I I love being a Steeler fan. I don't think people get it, man. Like this isn't anything new. People think that we were just out there fucking dominating with Roethlisberger. Yeah, we were winning a lot of games. They're all by three points. Yeah, every goddamn last one of them. You guys are a what is it? A possession possession like you win time of possession. We run the ball. We play defense. We I, harass the quarterback. I literally told Conrad yesterday. I was like, "What's the line?" And he goes, "It's Steelers minus three. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, they're probably going to win by four somehow, just like they always do, mm-hmm. in the most insane fashion." Yep. And once again, they have they always give the ball back. It's like they, there's like a sense yeah. of pride of saying like, there you was, know what? We're gonna let you try to score. There was so there were there were only a couple stupid. things there were only a couple things I really had an issue with in the game. Um, only a few. Pickens fucked up pretty bad in the touchdown that he didn't get his second foot down. I mean, he had like four yards to drag his toe and just didn't. He, he's made a couple lazy plays over the last few weeks, and I get it. He's probably really frustrated not getting the ball nearly as much as he should. 
I understand. Um, but you know, he's he's a fucking freak. Like <laughs> you can you can make the play. When you have when you have eight yards to drag your toe, like you're you're almost choosing not to at that point. Um, out of spite. The first drive that the Titans had, there were seven penalties called against the Steelers on defense. Yeah, that shit was absurd. Some of them were warranted, some of them were like very ticky tacky. There was one though against Joey Porter Jr. where uh oh, that actually might not even have been that drive. It was later in the game. The game should have ended. That's right. The game should have ended. The Titans' yeah. last possession. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. just locks a guy down, or maybe it was Wallace. Um, uh, it was, I think it was Porter. I think it was JPG or JPJ. Uh, either way, whoever it was, just like locked the guy down, didn't at all touch him to the point where Melissa was watching. What do you mean? He tugged his jersey. So he didn't tug it's, shit. It's fourth down. He did not tug shit. Man, Melissa was watching, and she even said, "Like I didn't see a jersey tug." And he tugged the jersey. There's honestly yeah. nothing better than Melissa trolling you about football. I I was fine with it. It was so it's so good. I was fine with it. It yeah. seems like she's like so. These guys they represent you. Like why are they not very good? Like the Eagles, they win all the time. She doesn't understand her history. First of all, <laughs> second of all, she Steel- didn't Steel- exist gonna, back then. Steelers are going to win the fucking Super Bowl. You She's like, are first. you guys really going to win the Super Bowl? Like, what's she, the, the what's only the place point? she heard it? Yeah, you're going to hear it reverbing through your ears as I slap the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> it's on my you're minus two fifty right now. I'd say maybe minus three hundred, bro. You need them to lose six of their last ten. I mean, honestly, they could have lost their first six of te- first six of whatever right now. So no, they couldn't have. Yes, they could have. They're too good. They fucking suck. Everybody except for the pickings on your offense is absolute trash. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man. Your offensive line has to be decent. Najee touchdown. Oh, our line is awful. Najee touchdown. Lock that up. Spicy pepper. Spicy pepper pick came <laughs> right through on the first fucking drive. I also hit my um, higher. You did. You almost missed it. No, uh, what do you mean? We, we, dro- a- we dropped three picks in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I know, but we have I had a full... Um, I already had it. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. On that last drive, the first play, I had it. I only needed nine yards going into the last round. That drive. was not what you picked, bro. Will Levis over. 199. Not I, higher. You, you picked lower. Oh, no. You picked lower on the. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. I was saying that. Well, I was saying I we it. should have taken higher on the 1.5 interception. I took higher on Will. That's he right. Did. I thought you took. I took, thought you took the interception one, no. and I was arguing for the you other side. You said you wanted the interception yeah, 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 one. Yeah, because it was a spicy pepper pick. Right. You wanted maximum spice. I wanted the caliente. No, no, that's no what he understands. And he's dead. Uh, no catch, and he's dead. Carter off the field. Pretty intense, Matt. Gatsby understands. Gatsby understands. I thought that was the last play of the game. It wasn't. No. Somehow they got the ball back again. <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. Uh, that was the other thing I had a problem with. With two minutes and five seconds left on the clock, the Stewards had the ball. Oh, all right. Also, there's only nine games left. All right, relax. Eight and three or five and three, yeah. So even worse. Yeah. Even lose six of nine. So now you're like minus three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> are these just? Is this just you coming up with it? What? Are you, com- are you coming up with minus three fifty? Yes. Okay. No, I fucking <laughs> put it through my. Yes, I put it through my solver right now. Okay, Conrad Solver says he's he's, he's plus he's three fifty. I I like being an underdog. He's in trouble. This is I got right where I want him. But who's gonna root for the overdog? Everybody always roots for the underdog. The higher dog. Yeah. The higher <laughs> dog. That's right. The lower dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep. This is this is nowhere near as fun to revel in without Lamana here. 
uh, cheerleading the slap to Conrad's face. So we can move on to one Brian LaManna if we have him. Uh, not just yet. Okay, He's trying not to just figure yet. out his AirPod <laughs> Fucking boomer, man. Ay, ay, ay. This guy. He took today off to go to the strip like a madman where no one wants to be anyway um, for fucking BravoCon. And he's sending us these updates with pictures of these idiots standing in line a mile long outside of what I assume is the convention center, all to go in there and listen to Andy Cohen interview a bunch of like women whose faces are melting off. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing here, guys? He's not wrong. What are we doing? Look, Brian's allowed to have personal days. (laughs) He's allowed. I just wish he'd use them more more frugally. To be fair, the last time he called in, uh, it was gold when he was cashing the main event. That was pretty good. Yeah, that one was great. The, uh, the bubble reporting was, was right the on. The tortoise report? Yeah, the, the tortoise Speaking report. Speaking of reporting, I think Connie's going to be doing a little reporting next week, right, Connie? Well, I don't, yeah, I'm working with poker.org next week for the NAPT. Wow. It's, it seems pretty fun. I what, see. That's why he's got, got the, the sweatshirt on right now. What, what are they having you do? I'm like... The black guy, Tiffany Michelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got the so, hair for it. So, you know, I'm going to be doing some presenting for Poker.org. Are you going to learn how to speak between now and then? I'm going to try. <laughs> but the good thing is, like, it's not live, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah, you know, we can just cut shit. Ten together. take Connie. How yeah. many times are you going to have to hear that? Blah. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man, please, Poker.org, we need the Really good. <laughs> 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 Behind out, the scenes out take outtakes. Real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm here with Dom. <laughs> so uh, what do you think is the... Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I, I hope they give you cue cards. That would be the best cue card, Yeah, cue cards and long paragraphs with wow, small letters. That's a good, that's a good skit. <laughs> that is a good skit. Conrad reads cue, card, man, cue cards. I'm so sad that this, the skit that we did when I was trying to do the ignition uh, like mm-hmm. reporting when we did one of the first software, it, it didn't hit as, as well as we thought it was going to. The timing was off. We, we needed you to have had just made a cringe uh, slot tweet yeah. sometime prior so that we could juxtapose them next to one another. Right. You know, people, people's memories for the callbacks, it's, it's not always there. No. I've learned that in my time here. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll make some. and I'm, You get some pretty obscure callbacks. I live for the obscure ones. Sure. Because it means you listened sure i don't think i can look at your shop for the rest of the show bro you have to look how big the hamstring is it's so much what's <laughs> strong I mean, it's so fine much going on you're such a big man i'm just i am uh while we while we kill a little time prior to <laughs> hearing from one tortois uh, <laughs> yeah he's really fucking us over over here i mean it's fine we got we got some space to fill um Speaking of being on the strip, there was a, a report from, uh, who is this guy? I know this guy, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, where He's did like he go? Las Vegas locally adjacent. Yes, right? exactly. That is the best way to describe it. <laughs> Nobody is actually an excellent way of putting it. Um, but he's, he's out on the strip doing the, the, the on the beat reporting of what they're doing for the stupid F1 race to all of the locals. I hate this guy. He hates you. <laughs> All right, this is hilarious. You guys have got to see what they're doing here on the strip. <laughs> Look at this film F1 put up, right, to block the view of the race for anyone here just uh, walking on the public pedestrian bridge. Look at all the... <laughs> Look at all 
look at all the areas where people just rip the film down so they can take photos of the spear. Oh man. They're gonna have their work cut out for them trying to keep this up. So that's Jacob's Vegas life. Conrad doesn't care for him, but I think he's out there doing the people's work. We appreciate him here at the Only Friends Podcast, no matter what our our uh, host over here has to say. Blah. Uh, Sidekicks, you know, you're sad of it. I just don't even know what the purpose of the film is. Like, so people can't see F1, when but they you can still loitering see. like right there on the. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not a no, great I, shot. I, the casino. I understand what the attempt was, but like, it's still it's still translucent. Like, you can people are still going to stand there, yeah. right? Cargo room. They don't need to see a high def red car. They could just see you know this now uh, lower depth. Yeah, it's almost like they car. were putting up like like frost for Christmas. You know, like, oh, let's frost these windows. I honestly thought it was like, uh, you know, when you have a foggy mirror and you yeah. just... Psh, that's what I thought that was before they said they ripped it off, like mm. ripped off the film. There, it looks like foggy mir mirror. I had heard I had heard speculations that um, F1 was holding casinos like ransom, basically. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the hackers? No, well, sort of. <laughs> kinda, it was, it was around kinda. that time, actually. But the rumor was that they told them that if they didn't pay a certain amount of money, um, that they were going to put up obstacles that blocked the view of anybody who was trying to view from like the the locations that they were selling on property. So, like, if you're talking about like you know grandstand seats at the Bellagio or whatever, um, they had to pay a certain leasing fee to F1. Uh, in order to keep that from being a, an obscured view. Um, same thing for, like, I imagine... I, I don't know exactly what the track looks like, but I imagine that there are hotel rooms that, like, look out onto the track somewhere. Uh, and they were basically saying, like, we'll black out your window with some obstacle if you don't pay us, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Which... It all seems like a fucking hot mess, man. It just seems like everybody is kind of, like, at each other's throats here uh all kind of fighting over the same dollars honestly I, I hope they're still having trouble like selling hotel rooms and stuff and i'm not trying to sound like bitter but it's just gross how like overly priced everything is for this i, I honestly i didn't know f1 was this popular but considering we have we've had to deal with so much traffic in particular during the world series like i don't know i just i'm not crazy about it i think hotel rooms are like down to normal cost if not lower at this point. Um, so they're having trouble selling rooms. From what I heard, they were like giving rooms away to just just about anybody, uh, and that was like off the back end of them originally being like you know one to five k a night. So I recently was looking at rooms everywhere, and that one weekend only like Friday Saturday is up. Like it's maybe like I want to say Caesars was like twelve hundred a night or something like that. Okay, which like, usually it's like half that. Yeah, on a, on a Saturday, on a maybe, Saturday, maybe yeah. even a little bit more, maybe yeah. like seven, eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like the wind also was up. I feel like the wind was like might have actually been sold. The out. nicest places can still probably upcharge a fair amount because yeah. they're just going to get the most foot traffic. But you're not going to see Circus Circus selling a room at like you know anything above twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there will be Circus Circus vacancy. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't know, man. I don't think there's vacancy among these properties <laughs> now that like I've been like venturing out in the strips. I mean, you're the Caesar's like, Rewards master. Like, I don't think <laughs> that like there's 
I think the, all these like little hotels that are cheap are just full every weekend. I don't know, man. I don't think that's true. Maybe. Or closer to full than like... I think maybe like when you get to like the Link, that's probably true. Link's pretty nice for the cost. Yeah, Link's not bad. You, know, you can get like a weekday room for like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, Link is nicer than Bally's, but... Um, or not Bally's there. anymore. Horseshoe. Horseshoe. Whatever. Same thing there. But yeah, similar, similar price situation. What do we got going on here with the tortoise? Fuck that guy. All right, you know, he's done. He's out. You're out. Goodbye, turtle. <laughs> Thanks a lot, tortoise. tortoise. I, I only wanted him to out. call in so we could talk about the Steelers. I don't care about BravoCon yeah. one, one bit. You but, fucked us. But maybe, maybe he'll come around. How dare you, turtle? How dare you, tortois? <laughs> I mean, You've thank you. Say. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> right. Let's. I know he's going to have to do with a lot more shit if he was here today. I'm surprised that because the Steelers won... Like, if, if the Steelers won, Brian would, like, go to BravoCon later. But if they lost, he would just go straight there. Because now he misses this time to talk shit about to Conrad with you. What do you mean? He won either way. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you know the tortoise, but uh, his loyalties start with Michelle. <laughs> end with Michelle. And then everything else below that. Where's the Steelers in there? Somewhere below Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle wanted to go see some goddamn BravoCon. Yeah. This has been on the calendar for weeks. Time the fuck out. For sure. Brian wanted to go to BravoCon more, <laughs> equally or much, more. Yeah. I would agree. That hurt. Matt and can't take it. He's fixing my shot right now. He that, literally can't take that it. That is not even close. He is so excited to be there right now. He's like all like a kid on Christmas on the lines. I need to see what my new shot looks like. This fucking guy. He took away the hamster. Less legs. Thank God. <laughs> I couldn't fucking take it. smaller. Good. You need to be smaller. You were the whole screen. Like the lower, th- like it doesn't, the rule of thirds isn't apply. It, it's not applying. Your thigh was fucking pasty, glowing. Yeah, the rest of us all take up a reasonable portion of our shot you were you were the shot i am the shot <laughs> i couldn't take anymore all right let's get to the main topic of conversation today one <laughs> sam bankman freed finally had his day in court um kind of a weird a weird uh i don't want to say precedent set because we don't even know what the outcome is going to be necessarily when it comes to sentencing but it's it's interesting for me somebody who lived through the 2008 crisis uh to now see full circle this new market emerge that's obviously unregulated in crypto and see one man be the face of something adjacent to you know what happened with subprime mortgages in 2008 the big short issue if you will um bankman fried was found guilty on all accounts i think or at least seven counts uh of fraud in um in court yesterday uh, this could come with upwards of 110 years for sentencing. He'll be sentenced in March. Uh, he has one more hearing prior to that where I think he has five more counts being levied against him. But the big takeaway here is that... He's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> in short, yeah. The the trial was basically... Uh, Bro is gone. <laughs> the game is gone. Uh, the, the trial was basically 15 days of all of his friends, cohorts, uh, compadres, partners, business partners, etc. All testifying against him. Basically, every one of them cutting a deal and just saying like... 
He did it. <laughs> Bro, they made him look like Giga Chad. Okay, we can get to the courtroom drawings momentarily. I know, but uh, I, just, I just had to preface it. Like, they made him look like Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Well, eventually they did. Before we get to those, though, uh, I want to get a few more details out just of like, what, what went down in this entire case. So, for anybody who's not familiar with the FTX, uh, we'll call it a scandal, I guess. Uh, scandal. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up really quickly. Effectively, uh, it was very similar to what Full Tilt did, where they just did not segregate customer funds, but they took it to the next level. They had a secondary company, Almeida, which was basically a hedge fund that was taking on very risky trades and was utilizing customer funds from FTX in order to leverage those trades. So uh, it was very much a, uh, let's say, crowdfunded uh, scam where, you know, if they had hit a home run, we may have never found out about it, right? Like if, if crypto didn't correct and there wasn't that bit of a, a crash, so to speak in 2021, is that when Luna went down, Luna went down, um, Tether almost got depegged. Tether, Tether almost got depegged. I think UST did depeg or one of them did one, one of them. Depegged and went, or US... One of them depegged and went to zero. Uh, it was very scary I when remember. something that's supposed to be like very clearly stable back like coin like dollar for dollar yeah was now 90 cents not good because fuck is going on it's here not good <laughs> that's not how numbers work right uh <laughs> what so, does it mean so yeah effectively like an internal document then leaked uh which caused a run on the bank so to speak and the difference between you know having your money in a crypto exchange versus having your money in bank of america is there's no fdic so nobody's money was insured here with uh, FTX. When the run on the bank occurred, obviously they weren't liquid. They didn't have it. They were trading and losing all of that money through Almeida. Uh, and eventually the shit hit the fan and, you know, Bankman Freed went on the run. So they just had a bunch of money, put it into like a trading place. Not, not just a bunch. Billion. No, like more than a bunch. Like I can't even fathom how much money it was, but then yeah. use it to like effectively trade and do stuff with. And then really really um high risk high leverage trades <laughs> they tried to take a bunch into like a giga bunch it could have worked like if it wasn't for those meddling kids well there was <laughs> like there was just probably a time frame when crypto was really on its peak rise where they were probably making money hand over fist doing this there were a lot of people this happened to uh you know we know a couple of people in the community who stole uh that are still trying to pay back because they leveraged themselves to death right. basically and it was situations where like you know either they were long or short in a situation where the market had flipped to the moon or have have fun staying poor or i am yeah. poor <laughs> yeah um and the thing is like this happens all the time in in regulated finance it's just there are a lot of uh there are a lot of like guardrails and regulations in place so that things like this don't necessarily occur. Right. The SEC and the FDIC and all these other governmental like oversight, you know, are supposed to protect us from this. And I use quotes because there are still ways that we get fucked uh, as, <laughs> as the general populace and consumers. Versus but, like the closing hours and... Yeah, stuff. I mean, like whatever, all the inside trading and shit like that that happens, it is what it is. Like they can only police it so the far. The game is but, the game. Yeah, I mean... The, <laughs> the game is gone. <laughs> the, the, people, the people who are quote-unquote in the arena are going to be the ones who become richest. But what I'm more sp so speaking to is like what happened in 2008 where, you know, bankers across America were clearly being fraudulent in writing these subprime uh, mortgage loans and uh allowing the everyman to basically just get shit on by you know 
overextending themselves in a market that was certain to crash. Yeah, it eventually did. Uh, wait, yeah. So as in the banks gave people money that they knew they couldn't Correct. pay back? Correct. And, and then they would just package those into, um, you know, these, these so-called like... Uh, like three-year arm, five-year arms. Yeah, and I can't remember yeah. what they're like, grade, a, mortgage, grade yeah. a loans or something like that. Basically, they're, they're thought to be bulletproof, similar to like a government, governmental bond. And so people would then invest in those thinking that they're just taking a safe investment until everything just crashed. Right. Um, and then everyone was just poor. Everyone was poor. Uh, the stock market crashed and no one went to jail. You should watch the big short. It's a good movie. I've seen it, but at the same time, it just, there's a lot going on there. It's hard to like explain, I guess all of it. That's why I think it's a good movie is because I think they do a really good job. They try to do as well as, well as yeah, should. I think they do a really good job of just like bringing in random celebrities like, to be like, this is what this means. Look, I like Christian Bale more than the next guy. Okay. Right. <laughs> as the former machinist myself. Okay. Uh -huh. But like seeing the Michael Berry stuff, like I understand the whole bubble idea, mm -hmm. but like I think I'd have much more appreciation look, like watching it now versus called a couple years ago or whatever. Yeah. But that makes sense. Because when I was fucking, when this happened, I was nine, like in second grade. Yeah. I was playing Dance Dance Revolution in the kitchen. Well, that's not <laughs> when the movie came out, but yeah, I understand. And when the movie first came out, I, I didn't care that much about anything that was going on in the world either. So I just found it entertaining. I didn't understand it that much. Then I read the book. Then I rewatched the movie and I was like, oh, this is a pretty yeah. good depiction. Like, I start to understand. It's crazy the amount, like, you learn versus when you rewatch stuff. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, you become more of an adult at some yeah. point, you know. Let, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah, never, never land Peter Pan. What? Yeah. 115 years. Is One, 110. One, okay. Well. Eligible for parole at 105. Who's, <laughs> who's counting them? All right, seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> do we think that, like... It's only two life sentences. Yeah, like, do we think that there should be, like... A point where everybody gets out? No. Well, 85, 80, like a number that, like, what, how much harm can you really do to any community? Like, I don't, you're I, there because you're protecting the community. I have a very, I, I don't think my opinion holds much weight in these things. Because I like, don't think any of ours do, but no, fair, but <laughs> that's not the point. I'll answer the goddamn question. <laughs> personally speaking, you, personally speaking, <laughs> I would be very slow to imprison people. Um, I think that it's, I think the threat of it is not the deterrent that it's meant to be for people who are really hard up and too much of the prison system is just filled with people who are economically impoverished anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're largely there due to crimes committed that are an attempt for them to get by. Yes. And though I do think that those crimes should carry some punishment in some capacity, I also don't necessarily think that like doing prison time is the answer. Like I, it's certainly not reforming anybody yeah um it's not building anybody yeah and it's like you know having to share cells with people who do commit like true crimes against humanity like murder rape mm -hmm. things of that nature it, it doesn't seem to be one-to-one -one fair um with that said i don't necessarily know what the better alternative is so that's why i don't like to take much of a stance on this kind of stuff like sam bankman freed uh or sam SBF. Yeah. <laughs> that was his name. You got it right. I, yeah, I got it right. <clears throat> I doubted myself. Uh, somebody like that obviously should be punished. Yeah. Like 100%. But there's a part of me that's just like completely fine with him being financially ruined forever. Mm -hmm. Like if that's the outcome, and I guess like maybe there's no way to assure that to be I was going to say a man like this would never be financially ruined forever. Right. So like maybe that's kind of the issue. But you could, you could have the government just like kind of like slap handcuffs on him for life where 
you know, he could never legally make money again. He might be able to find ways to illegally make money, but, um, you know, he'd never be able to do anything about board again. This mm-hmm. happens all the time. Like, this happens to people who get, like, fucked with tax evasion and shit like that. Um, another weird thing for me to think of somebody spending jail time over, but, you know, whatever. Maybe we just have different prison systems for, like, white-collar, black, or white-collar, blue-collar crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that we do kind of have that. Um, I don't know. It just seems, like, very resource-intensive without much of the uh intended outcome that you hope to get out of it but the threat of jail should keep a lot of people on the straight and narrow my only concern is that like most people who uh abide by the threat of jail would just be on the straight and narrow anyway yeah because like when your back's against the wall and and you need to do things for your family and you like life's rough anything you do anything and that's what a lot of people in prison are yeah especially when like that quote-unquote anything is you know, for the most part, victimless. Like you're selling weed or bootleg CDs or yeah, you know I mean, whatever. It's like, yeah, you're harming someone financially somewhere, but it's very small. Yeah, I know? mean, I just think of the origin of this. I think 110 years is just absolutely fucking absurd. And at some point, everybody should be able to see the light of day again. Except- yeah, I don't even like to think of it that way, though, because, like, who gives a shit? Like, when he's 75, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, he, he'll give a shit for that extra five, ten years that he's sitting in a fucking prison cell. Maybe. Imagine uh, spending, like, the best years of your life just locked away. Yeah. I Looking mean, forward to being a grandpa and getting out. Quite honestly, getting out at 75, you're just fucked. So, I, you know what? Never yeah. mind. I take that back. Give <laughs> look, look, the thing we're not talking about here is he hasn't he hasn't been sentenced yet. There's a very very strong chance that uh, he doesn't do much time at all. I uh, I'll be, book that. I'll yeah. Book it. Okay, yeah. now discuss. Name the number. Review. Name the price. I mean, I would. I, I, I would go with fifty as the line. I would. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd go over sixty comfortably. Uh, I mean, it would be a very long-standing bet, but I would I would happily wager that he does not do fifty years in jail. Ooh, all right, I'll book that. Like he might get sentenced to fifty, but I will happily bet that fifty years from now he is not in the oh, prison cell. No, yeah, that's I would bet that too. But he would be sentenced too. Yeah, it's it's weird because you have a couple of different angles here that are are kind of coming at him. Like on one side, um, you know, you're gonna have like the DA and people from that uh, standpoint that are very much into regulating these markets. They're gonna want to throw the book at him. Yep. The public obviously wants to throw the book at him. Um, I think there's going to be too much public pressure. Yeah, and maybe. I don't think he's going to be eligible for parole in less yeah. than 50 years just because there is so much public should pressure. We should have got a few extra sponsors to the podcast before they went down there. I know. We <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> what are we doing, man? Anybody have that? We're Tom, fucking poor. Anybody have that Tom Brady contact? Yeah. T Swift um, turned it down. She was smart. She was smart. He knew. Her dad knows. <laughs> this is good in plenties. We're fine. You're a fucking child. No, I mean, like, they, they're going to last another week, but it's fine. <laughs> They do their job. <laughs> They'll last as long as SBF is in prison. Um, no, look, I, I, I hope that he gets punished. I don't know what I would be... I don't know what I would consider to be uh, fair and just. Yeah, like if you but, were a judge, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is, the, there is the aspect that, like, because he's just one person, as opposed to a whole flawed system, like what happened in 2008, they could just throw the book at him. He could be in a Madoff-like situation. Yeah. Where... Um, you know, Madoff died in jail, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was pretty old 
by the time I think it was like 75 85 yeah 80, something like yeah, that by the time the rug finally got pulled out from underneath him I mean yeah I think SBF's gonna spend a very long time in prison yeah he'll see the light of day again probably but yeah I guess it's so tough to qualify to because like I think that there's a real chance that you know he just ends up being in a place where he gets to live a pretty normal life yeah um you know, Except, I, I think I think we could see something where <laughs> he is conceivably like uh, an author or an influencer of some sort in the finance space. Like I could see him being a consultant in the future, like as a, a reformation process uh, of some sort. I don't know, man. I just don't see really high intelligent people who basically use their intellect to rob go to jail <laughs> I, I just don't see them ever spending life lifetimes in jail yeah, it's only good. beta only bernie it's so weird how dead. like it's crazy how <laughs> big of a deal it is but it makes mm. it th it's so easy to make it seem so small well because money is just so irrelevant compared to life right like you take somebody's life there are murderers that get less than 18 years um you know there there's manslaughter cases where people don't even spend a, a day in jail they just get house arrest and probation and shit like that right so like it's weird to think that because uh, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of lives were impacted financially by this man, that he'll carry a greater sentence than a person who takes another person's life. That's a weird exchange to me. Yeah, I'm on the same page. But you here. can make the case that he's a bigger detriment to society, right? Because he can harm people at scale. Or at least can harm people's pocketbooks at scale. Yeah, yeah, which then kind of causes potentially some more of these uh, other crimes that probably will in actual jail. Just, yeah, just uh, just falls down. From my point of view, it just it just speaks to me that like we have a broken financial system in some capacity that he was able to take advantage of. So yeah, sure, he absolutely should be reprimanded, but also we should probably you know start to look at the the uh soft spots that he was able to make all this money through and how to fix it yeah and how to you know correct for it whether that is this is kind of the dangers that people had of crypto in some ways yeah i don't know if this i don't know if this falls they call it unregulated market-esque things i don't know <laughs> if this falls necessarily into that space it's tough to say, right? Because like... I, mean, I have no idea. I'm just asking questions. No, no, no. I understand. Um, <laughs> but uh, something like cash is largely unregulated, right? The only thing that makes it regulated is that the current financial institutions where you can run cash through all abide by federal law, right? Currently, crypto loosely doesn't. But yeah, I mean, I think that that could be adopted. Like they could adopt similar rules to crypto as they do with cash, I imagine where it's like peer-to-peer, -peer, it's largely going to go, you know, unmonitored uh, because it doesn't matter all that much. But when you start to do things at an industrial level or uh, at a corporate level, whatever, um, then, you know, you probably should need to have some oversight. Fill out some forms, maybe. Yeah. A little bit of red tape. Yeah, yeah, no, no how much money, money do you have and where does it go? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think for the American people, like, we would probably as much as we all hate regulation, like we'd probably be for that. Like it'd be nice if you could just send two Bitcoin to your bank account or to a casino. If that's where, uh, I was looking to be kind of sick, put it into play. Yeah. You know? make, the problem make, is they want to tax it on both sides nine times. I know. 
what the fuck are they no, get out of here <laughs> it's true the the like using crypto is uh as a currency is is a nightmare yeah because every every exchange is a buy sell i think it's just time to move to like venezuela where is it Venezuela, bro. They're, it's so, not Venezuela. No, Venezuela is down atrocious. Yeah, I know. It's not Venezuela. It's um, where is it? They they burned all their money in the streets. <laughs> that's literally, why. That's why they never just like, you could walk through the streets and just like get a push broom full of cash. It was worthless. No, all right. Who yeah. was it? Though? Who has? Who adopted Bitcoin? It was Venezuela. I don't oh, think it was. Well, I don't know if it was Bitcoin, but it was crypto. No, it was not Venezuela. It was. I think it was El Salvador. Yes. Oh, maybe it was El, El Salvador. Salvador. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing it and people were like, yo, this guy's so based. <laughs> See, but this is how I stepped to the trends, you know? The, the meme is good. It was like, this guy was like all in on Bitcoin. It was right. great. El Salvador might be chilling. They might be vibing. All right, we've been talking about this longer than I thought we would. Uh, let's get to the real story, which is the horror show that was the courtroom uh, sketch artist. Oh my God. So you want to talk about GigaChad FTX. There was a long evolution before we got to GigaChad FTX. The first one is... What I can only assume to be Gotham uh, merged together with FTX or FTX SBF in the uh, in the so in many the initials, man. I know it's too much. Why do you have to have three names, bro? Yeah, just be Sam Bankman. Just be, just be Sam. Also, like, come on, these guys' last names are fucking Bankman, and yeah. they're running these frauds. Yeah. Like, how is that a thing? <laughs> All right, so the first one looks like something my. Uh, I was going to say five-year-old nephew, but I don't have a five-year-old nephew. It, <laughs> it looks like something the child drew. Um, do, you, do you got these? Uh, I don't know which ones you're referring to, but I do have them. I, I'm just going in order of how they're posted. The ugliest one first, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you could. Uh, that is not the ugliest one. <laughs> I, was, I was literally gonna say I'd like to wager on that, if he gets. Like, I actually don't even have that one. If you guys, that's think, the ugliest oh one. Oh my god! Look at those ears. Where are you yeah. going, Dumbo? Where? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing to me is that like his hair is like such a staple uh, of what you can identify him by, and it's so reduced in this in this shot. It's like, who was this person? What have you done with? Or where were your eyes at? <laughs> this is this is. Actually, I think a pretty. I think, a little bit better I think this is a pretty reasonable depiction. I would look at that picture and I would immediately say Sam Bankman-Fried. I like the lawyer. This is like staring at yeah, him. Yeah, like, like the lawyer looks like a lawyer. Like yeah. I don't know what his lawyer looks like, but it definitely looks like a lawyer. Look at this guy. This guy's a fucking ten. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's literally what the fuck. Landon's trying to fuck. Bro, no, I'm not. Just what? Like I just appreciate objectively an attractive male physique. <laughs> That's what it is. That ain't it. There, there are <laughs> no tough. amount of drugs in the world that could make oh my God, him look like that. <laughs> the artist hates him. The artist, the artist had money in FTX for sure. Honestly, <laughs> the honestly artist though, had money in FTX, bro. You're telling me you wouldn't know who this is? Bro, that's E.T. Yo, <laughs> the, whoever illustrated this was high as fuck on like mushrooms or something. And the world was just like. It was just going down. Are you telling me you would look at that picture though? And yes, not, I know exactly who it not is. I know that's not Caroline. <laughs> like that's Caroline. Why is her face drooping down? I mean, wait, wait, no, like, real question. This is supposed to be like oh my God. these are supposed to be like legitimate like pictures, right? Not yeah. not caricatures. No, no, not, this is not cartoons. They draw what they see. No, no way you saw a fucking Tyler wait, Durden. Hold up, go back, go back to go back one. 
This is this was Tom Brady in 2015 Deflate Gate. Stop it! <laughs> it's the same sketch artist. Stop it! You've, you, you've got to be joking. <laughs> or it's Tom Brady from Night of the Living Dead. We're not sure. That's uh, insane. So obviously, how much they pay this guy? <laughs> uh, not not enough. <laughs> the memes that come out of this yeah, are just true. worth everything. It's too good, man. It's it really is too good. Imagine going up to like for your interview and like here's my work. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, SBF better put that shit in his dating profile. <laughs> Wait till you see this other one. There, there's another one that uh, this guy memed. He said the last court drawing of SBF being taken away for fifty thousand years. <laughs> no, the tie is actually blue. This artist messed up. <laughs> Who's brother? <laughs> brother, come on! This is what everyone. This is what every guy from called fifteen to thirty-five wants to look like. Yeah, yeah. This is the peak male aesthetic. That is uh, the peak male aesthetic. I'm right thirty-six there. now. I was gonna say I don't want to look. Yeah, look you, like you're, you're out of the age bracket. I'll be thirty-six in a couple of days. This wow. guy could be Superman. Congrats, guy's hair's congrats on, on making. That's it. what I'm saying. Thanks, like bro. everything's on point. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Except the tie. The tie was blue. How much did they pay this guy? <laughs> <laughs> that looks like AI to me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump, who uh, sorry, Donald Trump Jr., who's also in court uh, currently, said he got took the stand and just pointed to uh, the 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 courtroom sketch artist and said, "Make me look sexy," and then pointed to a picture of SBF. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they accomplished it. Nah, they got. He's got to get the other guy. Yeah, bro's down bad. No, he's down horrendous. That might be a really fun job. Imagine being like a court sketch and you can just draw whatever you want as long as it looks like and you get the idea. Yeah. But you can't. Like SVF and Tyler Durden are two different people. <laughs> I love that you keep saying Tyler Durden. Yeah. Because it, look, it looks like Brad Pitt from Fight Club. Oh, man. Anyways, moving on. Rant over. Unbelievable. Uh, somebody asked Dolly, uh, draw a part-time poker pro and a full-time weight loss prop better that is trying to win a million dollars one pound lost at a time. And the AI generated... Do you got this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the AI generated this. <laughs> Bro. Deep said, I think the AI's been learning from the SBF courtroom artist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Imagine. I, would, I wonder how Deep is doing. Yeah, it's a good question. I feel we like, haven't heard many updates. No, that's normally not a good thing. All, all of the things that were scheduled to happen all fell by the wayside. What does that mean? The, the YouTube page, the, the monetization, the whole process of, of the bet. It he all was, just he turned was into... going to vlog the whole thing? Yeah. But I think it all just turned into this shit's really hard. Oh, yeah. It's a full-time job. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I ain't doing all that though. Also, I think like when you're missing milestones along the way, you don't you don't feel very encouraged. Yeah. To yeah. to vlog it. What do you think the odds are that he wins? I said out of the gate that I thought three to one was really fair. I thought he was stealing at ten to one. Uh after the World Series, I thought I thought he was still winning at ten to one, but not, not as, not as easily. November third, two thousand twenty-three. What are you feeling? I think he's a huge dog. <laughs> I haven't seen any update picks. I have no idea. Maybe he's like just quietly killing it. Um, but like, there's no need to, right? He already uh, has the action. I feel action. like he'd be updating if you he was killing what? it. You know what? I'm on the side of deep killing it right now. Nah, uh, I, I nah, take the other side. Nah, he'd be too hype about it. Like, because yeah. there's no reason not to. In the sense of the, the, the action's already booked. Yeah. Right. Like, if he was if he was like cooking, he'd be like, yeah, like look at like look at me cooking. Well, not maybe, only that, but like from a vanity standpoint, like he's been a big guy his yeah, whole life. Like, imagine good. making all these strides and then not blasting. Well, yeah. all when I was when I was fat versus like my Instagram when I was fat versus my Instagram now, two different Instagrams. Yeah. What What was the final result? What did he have to get to? Twenty percent. 17. 17%? Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's hard, man. I, I, I can't help 
I don't know. We've seen this play out twice now. Doug did it. Now, now Deeb. Um, and I'm sure that there were attempts prior to that Kirk as well. And sharp. Uh, I, I think in both instances, what was abundantly clear to me is when you start to have to lose half of your body fat and then some. So I think Deeb ended up being like over half, right? Like something like 20%. Uh, or sorry. Did he do a DEXA scan or did he yeah. do like calipers? He did a DEXA. DEXA. Did DEXA. Guys, what, what calipers did come are in useless. Uh, I think he started at like close to 40. What, do you have a CSA? Efro made a very good point. Deve loves slow roll more than every, anything. <laughs> he does, but he also had the videos of him in the gym beforehand. Yeah, and like what's he going to slow roll for eight months? I mean, like, he might. We, we but... all just forgot about it. He's not slow rolling anyone. Except maybe Perkins, I guess. But what the fuck does Perkins care? Man, I don't know. I, I would just feel like it, it's so, like, the confidence that you gain from doing all of the things that make you get to the place you want to yeah, get to is so, so high. Yeah. And it honestly, like, it would be pretty sick for the community and, like, call it people in his shoes to see the transformation. It's like, oh, shit, it is possible. I, I think that's true, too. I, I, I Look, going back to the to both of these bets, uh, I felt pretty confidently in both of them. And I talked to Dean when he started this, and I thought he was starting off in the right way, but um, I'm not positive. I, I don't know exactly what his strategy was, but I'll say from my standpoint, like what I would do. And uh, we also saw Chin fail at this too. So three attempts at this. Where, Chin with you. Yeah, yeah, he had to lose half of his body fat. And Christian lost 90 pounds or 80 pounds, something like that, in the first six months and only lost 3% body fat. So like what's abundantly clear for me just from seeing these anecdotal experiments and also just like what I know of body composition and Call it new, how, new science and yeah. And, and just, you know, understanding like how to get to a lean physique uh, in order to get to a low body fat percentage, it's imperative that you have a uh, high skeletal muscle composition. Right. And in all of those instances, that was not the primary focus. It was always losing weight. Right. It's always, I want to be less on the scale, not I want my Correct. muscles to be stronger. All three instances, as far as I understand, maybe Deep is different, I'm not sure, but we'll they, see. they all started off hard on cutting calories, on uh, cardio, you know, well, basically- Call it starvation tactics. Not starvation, but like <laughs> all the things that will reduce the weight on the scale as fast as possible. Uh, and- you know, to my understanding, none of them went the powerlifting route. None of them went the route of just like really trying to uh, lay a huge foundation of muscle beneath them. That to me is like the only way to win a bet like this where you have to lose that much. So even someone like myself who's been lifting for 30 plus years and probably walks at like 18%, if I wanted to get to 9 or 10%, something along those lines, I would still have to have an effective bulk stage. You're 18%? Probably 18. Well, I don't know. All those runs this week. I might be 20. Landon? What? What percent body fat? Am I? Yeah. I don't know. Probably high, like mid-20s. What, what was you guys say I am? Um, Somehow less because you're a fucking Between God. like 16 and 19. It's tough to tell. Uh, honestly, like... We should get DEXA scans for the next year. There was somebody who I think... Oh, uh, Chris Williamson was saying that he did a DEXA and he came in at 18% and he looks like he's like 13. Right. Um, so the aesthetics aren't really that telling. You can just carry fat in different places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would imagine you're, I don't know, somewhere between 16 and 19. All right. You, you just don't carry fat on your it's belly. It's ridiculous if he just tried. Oh, it's painful. It's 
if you guys I, want to give me like a free roll to get I asked to 10, Ro- I'm in there. I asked Rob. I said, I said, you remember? I said, you remember Conrad? He goes, yeah. I was like, yeah. He stopped coming because he does. He can't dunk on Christian anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's all he was here for. He's like, yep. I was like, I literally told Rob, I'm like, your cousin's a fucking monster. Yeah. Who? Gage or your brother? Oh, my brother is a fucking animal. This motherfucker was hanging off some guy's like dragon flags. Arm. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Human flagpole. He's an acrobat now. I don't know what the fuck he is. Could be you, man. Could be I don't you. I want to be an acrobat. Why not? <laughs> That's be not, a gymnast. I'm good. What do you want to be? My aunt was. A, <laughs> my aunt this is, was this is Olymp- not the type of this conversation. <laughs> my aunt was an Olympic gymnast. Of course she was. <laughs> he could say Fucking anything. Of course she was. He could say his wife swam the Atlantic. I believe yeah, like, nobody's going to say no. Yeah. Oh, it was the white one. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. I don't care where your genetics come yeah. from. It's just clear you, just you, clear you, you got birthed them. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Sick of life. family members having uh, being professional athletes, <laughs> I think I think Conrad might be the only person who knows that I'm full of shit. So Yo. in our chat the other day. No, we all knew. Oh, okay. We so. just didn't want to break it the hunt. <laughs> Me and Berkey knew. And we were fucking dying. Wait, what is this? I, fuck, I missed it. It's so good. Go on, go on. Sorry. So I don't know what we were talking about, but somehow soccer. we started talking about soccer. And Hunt, he didn't make the assumption, but he thought, well, maybe you have some family members that like play soccer. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I have a, a nephew that plays for... Uh, Mexico and he's on the national team so quickly I just searched Gonzalez soccer <laughs> and what do you know I had like five options so. Matt Hunt thinks uh, Hold I have on. a nephew in Keep the uh, going. MLS so then he's like um oh yeah my brother-in-law is like a, a real Nazi when it comes to coaching and yeah he went Hunt for Google he's like oh so you he, he has a brother that plays for LA Galaxy as well yeah. in their like startup program Man. and he's like yeah my brother my brother-in-law is real re- rigorous Poor at coaching Hunt. I still can't believe Guapa <laughs> fucking lied to me pre-pod that he wanted a bracelet I can't believe you believed it I didn't you did and then yeah, he yes, brought you, you all in everybody and I was like why the fuck would he lie to me he didn't even bring us in we just we, we, we just yes and we we saw the bit we saw the writing on the wall and we saw Mark cocksucker took him down Rob was very good at putting in the bits it's so good fuck you how easy do you think bracelets are to win these days bro <laughs> that's why he got it that's why he got me he said he won in 2013 this guy's in the muck have you seen these hands? <laughs> he's playing mixed games I knew it was gonna be no limit <laughs> playing mixed games <laughs> he acts like 2013. I mean, no limit. Hold him to have his mixed game sometimes. He acts like 2013 was 1996 or something. Mixed oh, games man. apparently are like the ancient art. You know, people say mixed games are super, super soft. You're the ancient art. Uh, let's get to an in the muck segment. We are gonna do uh, liars. We're gonna we're gonna do a community submitted uh, in the muck today. All right, this In the Muck was submitted by O. Betty, one of our Discord channel members. Big shout out to him. Uh, he says, hi, everyone. I'm a live cash player in Canada, and I feel I have plateaued in my poker journey. I play 2-5 and 5-10, but 5-10 is only occasionally running in my area. I can confidently say that I'm winning in these games, but where I am currently located, there aren't any opportunities to move up to 10-20. Uh, sorry, 10-20 runs a handful of days a year. My question is, the next move to advance my career. Should I move somewhere like Texas or Vegas to play bigger games? I'm part of a group of similar players and we're all quite, 
we are all quite close. Some members may have taken trips to Texas to play poker, but never for an extended period of time. If my next move is to play somewhere else, should I do it with my group? Should I try to form a new group where I end up? To sum it up, I'm very much in the muck about the next steps in my poker career, and I'm sure others feel the same slash have already been through this. As uh, three young gents who are in the process of fleshing out your own poker careers, what advice would you give to Obedi? Hmm. You got a rock, man. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, sometimes things aren't available in your area and you got to go find it. You know, if you're rolled and you're winning in these stakes and you believe in yourself and you don't have ties down to anywhere, get on a plane. First, I want to say thank you for calling me young. Uh, <laughs> second, I would say, yeah, I agree with Connie. Um, I, I feel like the writing's on the wall, man. It's just time to move. I don't know how the whole leaving Canada and coming and playing in the States thing works. Um, we talked about it a little bit during pre-production, but even if you only get six months here in the States, I would say just get down here, work hard for six months, go back, uh, kind of reevaluate, and maybe look into getting dual citizenship. It's kind of yeah. perfect, actually, that he lives in Canada because like, he has to be out of this country within six months. He's only allowed here for six months, so he can like, take the time to try it, and then he has to go back to reevaluate. Man. That doesn't sound fun to me at all. I mean, it's kind of halfway miserable, but it's good for like your process. Like he, he has to, you try something out and you know, whatever. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, you can just go back. You have to go back home and reevaluate life. I realize to make more of like the sound effects when it's very nuanced, like solutions. You just make sound effects. I mean, I do it all the time, but like, like the more I think about it, I've been like more conscious about not trying to make them audible. But like, <laughs> man, it, it's, it's very tough in the sense of trying to find a plan that works for you and also kind of. What is what do you really want? And mm. when you find out what you want, is it, if it's playing higher, if it's shot taking, if you don't need money, uh, then yeah, like sometimes you outgrow your group, and it doesn't mean you don't love your group. It just means your group served a purpose, and you guys are still gonna have like you're still gonna have, be friends. But sometimes if you move, you're just gonna talk to people less or be in the same circles a little bit less. But if that's what you think you have to do is best for you, do what's best for you. But if you're still trying to make money, you think you can win and you're just trying to say, okay, I want a shot take and see if I can do it versus being comfortably secured in doing it are two different things. Because it's definitely easy to overinvest when you shot take if you see the spots and you see where you're winning. Where you have, oh man, like this is such, like I'm playing 10, 20, 40 now and these games are really good and I only have this many buy-ins, but I'm sure I'll be fine. And then it can go, can go pretty poorly. But like having a plan and like really flushing it out first and being okay to accepting the change and maybe finding new friends having a new group when you move uh is definitely a possibility what what would you prioritize as far as um i guess objectives when it comes to pursuing a career in poker so call the single person no responsibility no obligation yeah i don't know anything about obedi but it sounds like he is uh he's free pretty capable of just getting up and getting out if he needs to. So what what priorities would you put near the top all the way down to, uh, so highest to lowest, like um, bankroll, game selection, uh, you know, money, like all of these things. Where, where do you rank uh, importance to least important when you're talking about pursuing a career? I think <clears throat> it's... <laughs> 
it's funny because it's it's the guiding point is the difference of like how I've seen my career versus what I actually think is objectively true. Uh, I think bankroll is more important than the like not knowledge experience, but once you start winning and once you can get yourself to a place of security, preserving that security is important. Yeah, and then once you and then once you preserve that security. Um, and everyone's comfortable with different levels of risk, if you will. But once you have it, then you can start taking the chances. And if you're Ma comfortably secure, go ahead. Uh, like have money and have call it bills and stuff paid, where you can say that your poker role and your life role effectively are two different things. And sure, for most people, it's not. But it's like I have enough money to survive and sustain. I'm trying to get better at this craft and make this my job. I would invest way more time into the craft. But if I needed money and I, I found somewhere I could win and needed print dollars, I would just print dollars until I didn't need to print dollars anymore. Didn't well, you have a similar situation, Matt, when you came out here with Lumana? I don't know what your yeah. bankroll was like, but you were looking for bigger games. Yeah, I mean, things were very different. Um, it was kind of wild, wild west, just shoot from the hip and see where you land. It was very much sink or swim. So you could just kind of come to Vegas, the mecca of poker in the united states and uh just take a bunch of shots see where you end up and sometimes you get lucky and end up in the high stakes arena um i guess what i'm hearing from you guys is that you prioritize security first and foremost if you plan on pursuing this as a career so with that being said then where does things like uh, volume things like uh, let's call it convenience um let's call it uh, maximizing bottom line uh, or hourly. Where do all these things rank in importance? I think there's the healthy balance between uh, hourly and maximizing bottom line. Okay. Um, I, I mean, like don't grind yourself to dust uh, for the hour, like for max hourly, but there's very clearly a gradient where you can put in quality hours and play at the spots that you're winning the most money and then start there. And then it's all very vague, though. Like I if you're winning at two five and your win rate is extreme, like very high, call it. Uh, let's call it fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, there's a difference between Vancouver two five, Texas two five, Vegas two five, LA two five. It also depends on what your bankroll is, I imagine. Well, we already said you prioritize security. So if, right? So if you're trying to play, call it two five and have a roll of fifty k to figure it out. I would start with playing in call it a lower uh lower spaced environment like a Vegas or not Texas because a game like that you need so much more money than you probably think. And that's dangerous. you just keep doubling back to security. We're 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 saying that you're secure. Okay. If you're secure then I would go to Texas. You'd maximize for sure. Okay. I think I I would take Texas over Vegas if that's what you're asking. I mean I'm asking you to give me a, a list of priorities that you would you would weigh and measure after well, bankroll. Well, Security, yeah, yeah, you guys have beaten bankroll to the death. I right. understand you guys want to have money before you gamble. We so get specifically it. talking about how many hours you want to <laughs> but, put in. And well, in general, like if you're pursuing this for a living, in order for you to decide where you're going to put in the bulk of your hours, you need to be able to prioritize, weigh and measure. All of these other variables that will come into place game availability travel cost of living um you know uh, your hourly how much volume you can or want to put in social aspects all of this stuff is kind of under the umbrella of pursuing the game professionally right um so i guess like whether you're 
coming from your own vantage point or you're giving advice to Obedi here, I'm interested in hearing how you came to make those decisions. I didn't. I just did shit. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it's the right approach. I'm saying I didn't think about these things. Yeah. I just came out to Vegas because Chewie said, hey, you should come play online tournaments. And it's pandemic Vegas time. And I said, that's probably a good idea. specifically coming from his vantage point somebody who's coming out from canada after bankroll i would say if you're only going to be out here for six months and again this is just my opinion it's to work nearly every single day to put in massive volume to really figure out what your hourly is going to be in the games out here um like you said talking about what it's going to cost to live out here what your living situation is going to be um but in order of importance i would say yeah it's just putting in a lot of volume just because he's in a small time frame he has six months to i don't think it has to be a small time frame i think if he wanted to move here that wouldn't be a problem again i don't know how that works i don't know what the canadian usa yeah i mean when you're talking about the small time frames you can get like vacation visa and things of that nature but i i'm fairly certain just based off of how many canadians um tend to just eventually move here um i don't think it's like huge hoop to jump through uh now it may be like you want to try it out for six months before you make that commitment. But um, I, I, I don't think like we shouldn't put so much of an emphasis on the short term. He's, he's trying to make a long-term decision. Yeah. So he's basically asking, you know, is moving uh, a high priority? I would say yes. You have to be able to scale if you want to move up in this game. And if, yeah, you just need to be able to scale stakes. Like you found yourself plateaued. I would, I would say go for it. Ooh, a high priority. Yeah, I think it, it just... I feel like it's it's vague and it's supposed to be um, because it really depends on, on what you want. And if you're not happy where you are, that's a different conversation. Because if you're trying to say that I feel like I plateaued, it seems like you are looking for more. And if where your environment is can't offer you more, you should probably try to get to a place that does give you what you want. Yeah, I think I would approach this a little bit differently. Um, I think I would approach it the way you guys were speaking, more so, more so when I was younger. Um, less the security aspect. I would be much more willing to throw caution to the wind. Now I would prioritize security a lot more. But by prioritizing security, I think I would also probably um, understand that scale isn't super attainable uh in in this industry and therefore i'm gonna have to have many streams of income so i would want to be dividing my time in some capacity well it, scale being like not playing greater than 10 20 40 i as a 40 year old or even as a 30 year old if you told me that my plight in life was going to be to play 10 20 40 for the next 25 years i would quit because it's just not enough money like it's just not enough year sure. over year earn when the game will continually get harder that bottom line will continually decrease and uh, you're constantly just going to be at risk. So like... Jesus, bro, that's 4X's stake. You're ruining his fucking dream. I get it. No, it's, it's actually it's, good to hear these things. It's, no, I know, I know. it's a nice intermediate. If he spends five years playing 10, 20, 40, that's fantastic. He'll do great. He'll probably become a millionaire. Yeah. Right, but you're, you're saying you're trying to get to a point to potentially exit. 
that, that's that's the questions that I think need or, to be answered before you just uproot yourself, right? Or, ex- or not exit, but just try to find other places to also make dollars if your concern is making dollars. Well, I guess like I would look at it, I don't know how old he is, but let's say he's in his mid-20s. I would look at it like a 10-year horizon, right? And say 10 years from now, what would my vision of success be? And like, there what would am be, I trying to accomplish? Yeah, there would be a handful of things I would want to check off. Like what? Like security-wise, I would want to have a million dollars. Like just liquid? Just in yeah. Your, okay. Or or just even net worth wouldn't even matter. But like basically, uh, that's an arbitrary number. But I'm just trying to to cement that security would be a priority if ten years from now uh, I was still playing. Right. Right. In his shoes. So security first and foremost would be my number one priority. Number two would be that I'm uh, still on some path to scale, whether it is within this space or moving laterally out of it. Right. So either. One way or another, I would want to be at the highest stakes that I was capable of playing. Now, if that's public 10, 20, 40, because that's the only thing that I'll have accessible to me, fine. If it's finding my way into the private realm and getting to play 100, 200 plus, fine. If it's playing high stakes MTTs, because that's the way that the industry is moving, fine. Um, but or playing PLO if you have to switch games. Yeah, whatever. whatever. In some capacity, like I, I, would, I would want to acknowledge that versatility is necessary and that my ambition would be to be at the highest rung of the ladder no matter what and if that weren't the case and i weren't on a path for that to be the case you know five six seven years down the line then i should strongly consider switching my direction and and changing careers um third i would want to build like a life throughout the process of that 10 years so whether that means um you know borrowing from my current group that I think has the talent to join me in this and turning this into more of a uh, team effort. Like I think, I think him having the group now is more valuable from a security standpoint than whatever his bankroll group, currently group is. Group being access to money, probably. <clears throat> Not just money. But also, sure, like just, uh, experience. Well, yeah, it's more so that... Uh, it's it's pretty important to grow alongside others within the arena before you venture out onto your own. And I'm not saying that like he's not already at that point, but it becomes a big scary world out there. You're often going to be butting heads against your competition. So it's not like going to be your local little room where there are three good players and you all become friends. You're going to be in Vegas where most of the professionals are going to be competent. And they have their own group already. And you're also just not going to want to be friends with them. Right. If you're a cash player, like you're the last thing them. you want to do, yeah, the last thing you want to do is pal around with the 10, 20, 40 regs every single day because, you know, you should be spending your time dissecting them. And come to the dark side, you know, in the MTT realm where we all hang out. We have great times. You all hang out because you don't have any fucking win rate. <laughs> Because you don't have any, you, you don't have any win rate. You literally all hang out because eighty percent of the field is swapping three percent in ROI. Like nobody's fucking winning, right? Because all the guys that are winning aren't doing that, right? All the guys that are winning are traveling the world, playing in the highest stakes, and you and know. If, and if they're playing the lower stuff, they're like, okay, I just want to yeah, win these tournaments. Or they're Darren Elias. You know, they're just having a family instead and yeah. going out and bossing the the biggest main events. Having of the year. hot dogs in his pocket. I, I'm I'm being exaggeratory, obviously, like there's more win rate than that going around with the regs, but it's way, way, way fucking less than all of them believe it to be. You know, if you pulled the average reg who plays 1600 
ABI or three or two K ABI, something along those lines, and you ask them what their ROI was, they're they're gonna be two or three X what the the actual probable ROI of them are. It's the same idea as why when you ask people how good they are at poker, like ninety percent say that they're w- a winning player. Like this, yeah. just, this just can't exist. Yeah, it's it's uh it's an ego thing. It's you know, kind of maybe even like a, a lack of education. I just think it's like a hypothetical when you're not playing a ton of volume and you've seen that you've won in the past. You can chalk pretty much any downswing up to variance. And you can right? chalk any ups, but but you attribute upswing to skill, downswing to variance. Right, and you but don't look at it from the outlier standpoint. Like you win a tournament for 150 buy-ins, <clears throat> and then you win another one a week and a half later for 80. You just want a year worth of buy-ins, yeah, or more. Sorry, many, many, many more. Right, you, yeah. you've won like a year or two worth of buy-ins. Uh, and you just chalk that up to, well, of course that was going to happen. Of course was it was going to happen. I'm the best. I'm the fucking go. I'm going right. to win. And you don't recognize that like, well, you have a thousand ROI over a sample size that is irrelevant. But if we extrapolate that out, you're probably around like 30%, yeah. you know? So you're just getting all of your ROI up front. Yeah. Um, they give you the IOUs early. Yeah. But in any event, like by prioritizing all these things, you know, my group, my scale, uh, my ability to earn cost of living all of these things i would take these things into consideration long before i would consider moving because the fact of the matter is no place is such a slam dunk layup that you have to be there that it makes a lot of sense to leave something that's already working out if you're making if he's making like good money currently in his hometown wherever he is you have to be able to justify making significantly more, in my opinion, to uproot. And uprooting your entire life. And right. And it's like, don't get me wrong, Vegas has good action. And there are good uh, games. There's opportunity. Yeah, if you hustle, you'll get more opportunity here than you certainly would in most other places. But you're not going to come here and just like start earning 2 or 3x. Right? It doesn't work games that way. Games are hard. Poker's tough. Yeah, games are hard. Poker's tougher. Uh, you're going to have the availability to play more often, but you're going to be playing in a lot shittier games. And... Uh, you don't know what that extra volume of actual play is going to do to you. Because for a lot of people, the reason why they're winning so much in these softer environments is not just because they're softer, but because in their downtime, they're able to put in work. You know, they're able to do other things. Um, So yeah, I would strongly consider all of those things. And then my decision would not be stay or move. It would be stay and travel or move altogether still having travel be a, a, a part of like my career, right? Because even as a cash game player where you want to be in a city that the majority of your hours are going to be played in, you're going to have a regular game, that's where the bottom line is going to mostly come from, you still need to be adaptable. You still need to be able to travel to LA. You need to be traveling to Choctaw whenever the WPT is coming into town. You need to be able to go to Texas then afterwards and make a trip of it. You need to be able to go to Seminole and find your way into good games there and you know, do all of the dirty, dusty things that are important when you're trying to transition from 510 to 1020 or when you're trying to hustle up some private action and find yourself in the 100, 200 arena. Like the fact is, it's not like it was 10 to 15 years ago. It's not get good, get paid. Right. Get good, get paid, get late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it, what you mean. It's, it's very, very hard to do that. Uh, the cleaner path is in MTTs, but the get paid part is You'll wait years way harder. Most of the time. It's just way harder than it ever has been. You know? I kinda uh, like my, my pushback on the MTTs harder than it's been is I think it's hard like the field is tougher, but it's easier than ever to improve. It's easier than ever to become one of the best in the field. That makes it harder. Why? 
because now the best in the field is only getting compensated like 80% ROI instead of like 500% like they were in the past. That's true. But at the same time, if you want it, you want it. Yeah, but like you could be a Jason Mercier in the past playing an ABI of like 4K. Some now, people just really love playing poker though. Okay, but this has nothing to do with money. <laughs> like we're talking about the nuts and the bolts of it all. The dollar amount. Your ability to be a high earner is just less now than it ever has been. That's true. I just think that when it comes to the dollar amount, I don't think it should be the be all end all. Uh, if you're looking at for, if you're looking for poker longevity, if you're looking to exit, sure. I mean that's just that's just uh, very romantic, and I I appreciate your youthful exuberance. <laughs> But at some point when you have responsibilities and bills, you can't just like play for the fun of the game. Well, it's not about playing for the fun of the game, but like if you want to try to make... This is why I always come back to the whole, if you're just starting out, maybe having two jobs is very responsible. It actually might be more as you progress, having two jobs is more responsible. Yeah. Starting out, you can take a ton of risk on. You can make this your life. Once you have 100K. You when you're to... 32, you can't make this your life anymore. Not unless you're well on your way to becoming an boss. You know, um, but it is a good side hustle. It's a great way to make extra money. It's yeah. a great way to pass the time if you love the game. Just have poker be a serious hobby. Yeah. And have a real life outside of it. Yeah. It's worked out well for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you're in those private games. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us that's today. That's why I'm retired. Fuck. Yeah, you've you've retired before you started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm out of retirement. I came back. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, there was one other thing we didn't get to. That was Phil Helmuth announcing that he will be back for the big game. Don't forget that the NAPT is casting for the big game show this week coming up. They're doing a uh, shootout where uh, I believe it ends up being 60 winners. Um or maybe it's 12. I can't recall. Anyway, whatever it is, the winners of these shootouts ultimately will go in front of a cast of judges who then will choose a handful to be the lucky uh, one selected to the big game where they get to play the loose cannon role. Um, professionals need not apply. <laughs> we'll see you guys back here noon Monday. Don't forget, we are running a pre-Black Friday sale, so if you guys are interested in signing up for solverwide.io, head over there, use the code ONLYFRIENDS, and save 30 bucks for your first two months. See you guys on Monday. Later, squad.